As previously mentioned, today's Old Testament lesson comes from Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 through 14, and can be found on page 734 in your pew Bibles. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor. Together, a great company they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble, for I have become a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. We are indeed blessed, in fact, have already been blessed by Rabbi Peter Stein's presence with this, us this morning. If you were with us at the 930 Sunday Seminar when Peter shared uh, some of his uh, experience in a study trip to Eastern Europe just a couple of months ago um, was giving, is giving us a food for thought for days and weeks to come. And we are eager to hear more from him. Rabbi Stein has degrees from Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, from Cornell University. He's also studied with the Jewish Leaders Program at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. He has served as a rabbi in Rhode Island and in Pittsburgh uh, prior to uh, Rochester, and he is uh, adjunct faculty at my alma mater, Colgate Rochester Crozier Divinity School. I almost couldn't say that this morning. An active leader in social justice causes and uh, connected all throughout the community. It is so gratifying to continue this long-standing partnership that has transcended leadership changes and is really all about two congregations who come together over the decades uh, to worship and to learn from one another. So Rabbi Stein, welcome. Good morning, everyone. And thank you so much, Lynette. I want to begin 
with a word of thanks to Reverend Sparks. I know that all of you here at Third Church know how lucky you are to have her leadership here at Third and throughout the Rochester community. And I am so grateful to her as a clergy colleague and a friend, a leader in our joint concerns. But in particular, I want to take a moment as I begin to thank Reverend Sparks for the words that she delivered at Temple Brith Kodesh on Friday evening. I know that many of you were there for our Sabbath service where we shared in worship together and fellowship together. And Lynette delivered a message that was powerful and important and eloquent and touched the hearts of each one of us. It was a message that was so important for our time. So I want to thank you so much for what you brought to us. And it is humbling to stand here recognizing the importance of what we did on Friday night. And I pray to be able to share a few reflections that add to our understanding of our world today and our shared concern for justice. As I begin, I want to talk for a moment about pride. You know, it's interesting. We, of course, now have this tremendous tool of the internet. And if you type in pride into Google, the first thing that comes up is pride and prejudice. So even before you turn to the dictionary for a definition of that word, you already recognize and are given some of the complexity. But I want to talk about pride. I want to talk about pride in our identity as people of faith, pride in our identity as Jews and Christians, pride in our identity as Americans. It is, as I mentioned, a word with many nuances. When we look in the dictionary, we find two primary definitions. First, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. So first we have this definition of that, that feeling of pleasure or satisfaction stemming from what we've done. And also a second definition that pride is confidence and self-respect as expressed by members of a group typically one that has been socially marginalized on the basis of their shared identity, culture, and experience. I am proud of this exchange of the special relationship between TBK and Third Church. I am proud of our shared commitment to inclusion and to the pursuit of justice and peace. But I found myself reflecting on the definition of pride during these last days and weeks for a different reason. 
I think we're all aware of the recent spate of violent and tragic anti-Semitic incidents. It is painful to learn of one attack after another and to despair over what we might possibly do in response. This morning we are gathered together here modeling what it means for diverse communities to forge connections. Simultaneously, at this very hour, there is a major event happening in New York City. It is a solidarity march entitled No Hate, No Fear and is being organized by several major organizations in New York and New Jersey. No hate, no fear. The marchers will cross the Brooklyn Bridge and gather together in their words, proud, united, and strong. I am inspired as I envision the crowds that are surely gathering there, just as I am heartened as I look out at this sacred assembly. At the same time, I grieve that there is such pervasive and continuing hatred and violence that we need to have these kinds of public demonstrations. This morning we heard the reading from Jeremiah, chapter 31. This is from a section of the prophetic texts known as the Oracles of Consolation. The focus is on the return of the exiles to Zion. It is a text filled with optimism. So much so that in our Jewish liturgical cycle, it is one of the readings used at Rosh Hashanah, setting the tone for the new year. It is most fitting for us to consider today, at the start of the secular new year, and on the occasion of this joint service. The prophet speaks of a transformation from God's initial love for the people to God's eternal love. The transformation from God's initial love to God's eternal love, the restoration of the people to life in the promised land, is an extraordinary reassurance that our covenant will forever be sustained. The book of Jeremiah reflects the theological and social conflicts that the ancient Israelites endured during the catastrophe of the destruction of King Solomon's temple. And Jeremiah contains powerful messages of hope that the people will survive. Jeremiah creates a bridge from destruction to restoration. And this brings me back to the concept of pride in light of the realities of our time. 
We are living in an era of tragic violence and divisiveness. Last month, there was a terrible attack in Jersey City where four people were murdered. They were killed in a kosher supermarket in an act of horrific and blatant anti-Semitism. I know for many of us the horror of this event brought our minds back to January five years ago, January 2015, when four people were killed in a kosher supermarket in Paris and the arson attack that occurred last year in Paris in a different kosher store on the third anniversary of that attack. The store had previously been defaced by swastikas and then was burned to the ground on the anniversary day of the shooting three years before. The week of the Jersey City shooting was also the seventh anniversary of the mass killing at Sandy Hook Elementary School when 28 young children and their teachers died in Newtown, Connecticut. It becomes a challenge for us to gather and simply recite prayers for peace. It's not that it's a challenge to say the prayers and imagine a world of peace. It's a challenge because it doesn't feel like enough. It seems so far away. As with so many aspects of our liturgical traditions, let us remember, though, that our prayers should lead us to action. My pride in having a strong faith tradition comes from knowing that our worship and sacred rest can nourish us and renew our strength and commitment to taking action and trying to heal the world. There has been resilience and renewal in each generation for thousands of years. We will overcome the challenges we face. I want to lift up that image of Jeremiah as one who built a bridge, a bridge from destruction to restoration, and urge us to embrace that as concretely as possible. In this time of violence, hatred, and destruction, it's our job to forge a path to restoration. First, Speaking out of the vulnerability that Jews are feeling because of the extraordinary anti-Semitism, it is profoundly important to hear from our friends, and this is where I am so indebted for Reverend Sparks' message on Friday night and her continuing presence and leadership. A simple note, a phone call, or an embrace means so much. Anything that demonstrates that the news is being noticed is significant. Any action that shows that these events are being taken personally, even by those outside of the Jewish community, this is so very powerful.
And for all of us, this is a time when we need to come together. I see such divisiveness which we need to answer. Let us use this new year as a time to build relationships across lines of difference. We will never cross the bridge to restoration if we villainize those who have principled perspectives that differ from our own. In another challenging and uncertain era, that of 18th century Eastern Europe, one of the great masters, Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav, taught that the whole entire world is a very narrow bridge. And the main thing is to have no fear at all. As we consider how we can build those bridges, I am mindful of this. It is scary and important work to answer hate. Indeed, it may seem that the teaching is foolishly and overwhelmingly optimistic. Just have no fear at all. However, there is another interpretation of Nachman's verse. It's not, have no fear at all, but rather, don't be consumed by fear. Don't be paralyzed by fear or uncertainty. And it's this that calls to mind the description in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, we read, of course, the description of the ten plagues, and the penultimate plague is that of darkness. Now, why is darkness such a terrible thing? In the case of what God brought down on ancient Egypt, it is because the darkness was described as so thick that it froze the people in place. They were unable to move. They were unable to see each other. They were unable to help each other or change the situation. This is what I think of when I look at the state of affairs. Let us not be overwhelmed even though we have entered an era with so much tragedy. Let us not be paralyzed even though we may not think we have all the answers. So much of the current violence stems from treating groups as less than or other. I pray that we will be a unifying presence in the community. When something happens, take it personally even if it doesn't seem to be about you directly. The calls, the notes, the reassuring presence, the solidarity at marches and vigils, all are critical. We in the Jewish community are so grateful for the presence of friends and allies. And I am confident in saying that all of us are reassured when we see those who step up to hold the line on what is normative. I am proud of who we are as a Rochester faith community. 
I am proud of the potential we have to change the world. I am hopeful that we will create even greater closeness in rejecting the violence and divisiveness of our time. In closing, I return to the words of Jeremiah. The prophet proclaimed, See, a time is coming when I will put my holy teaching into their inmost being and inscribe it upon their hearts with that covenantal light from within. Together, we can create a world of harmony and peace. Amen.